Today on The Breakdown, there are four players left. It's a $10,000 buying event. And you wish, you wish these players were no names, no buddies, no nothing going oners. But that isn't the case at all. These are some of the best players in the world. Saka, Ali Imshirovic. Yeah, I think you've heard of him. GPI player of the year once or twice or something, maybe once. Andrew Lucky Chewy Lichtenberger. That's right, you son of a bitch. <laughs> Gary Katz, Vanessa Cade, they've had some success too. <laughs> no, actually, they've done very well, both of them. These are the last four players in this event. And of course, first place is in the hundreds of thousands of dollars because we don't even, we don't even pick up the phone for less than a quarter million these days up at Poker Guys headquarters. Am I right, Grant? Oh, he's agreeing. He's nodding. You can just trust me on that. There's so much happening. And here's the thing. This is a very oddly played hand. There's some weird decisions by someone who is in the top 10 of the all-time money list. So I thought you might be interested. I decided to put it in front of you for your consideration. Sue me on The Breakdown with Grant Dennison and Jonathan Levy. Hey. You really whipped yourself up into a frenzy there. <laughs> I just, you know... When I don't have a lot to say, I go somewhere, you know, and that's what It's happened. interesting that you chose to say we don't pick up the phone for less than a quarter million. I know. Where first place in this event is 217K. Yeah. Also, the, the most recent podcast that came out today or yesterday, I believe. Um, yesterday the, uh, from our time. Yes. You, from, are, you are from the future, listener. Yeah. The, you the, know nothing of our like time. It's like three weeks later or something, four weeks later. But like that was uh, the first place in that was like. $100,000, I think. So it was, it was like a funny little joke. That was a well-received one. On, People love that on one. Discord. It was a... People loved it. I thought of the thing, too. Oh, you have a thing? I thought of the thing. There was a thing, and I, and I had forgotten it, but then I thought of it, guys. This is great podcasting. <laughs> <laughs> you know what, though? If you just walk with me down the path of fire, All right, let's, let's you will walk not down... get singed. All right, let's walk on the, the unsinging, unsinging path of fire. Okay. Um, Hopefully not to our death. I decided to revisit the Oreo Twitter feed. <laughs> because somebody on Discord yeah, mentioned it. Yeah, someone brought it up. And they were saying, like, why? I missed that. I, would, I think Chris Jones maybe said he would listen yeah, to... Yeah, that's uh, right. It was Chris Jones. He would listen of to... Of the Rec Poker Podcast. Uh, who are located Minnesota. in Minnesota. <laughs> yes, Minnesota, in case you're Land wondering. Land of 10,000 lakes. Um, among others. What? Here's what Chris Jones is. <laughs> <laughs> land of 10,000 lakes, among yeah, others. it's also the land of other things, probably. Trees, um, too. Chris Jones said on uh, our Discord channel, actually, I would absolutely listen to this. Oh, sorry. Grant said we could start a new podcast called Jonathan Reed's Brand Twitter Feeds, and Grant guesses how many followers they have. Chris Jones said I would absolutely listen to this if it was short form. By the way, fuck you, short form. Oh, sorry, <laughs> got a little upset there. Especially Chris Jones, how dare you? <laughs> Especially if it was instead titled, I like this, Jonathan Reed's Brand Twitter, and Grant gets increasingly exasperated. <laughs> That's basically the whole show, right? Yeah. And if you found listeners, you'd almost... Be incompetent if you couldn't find a sponsor for this, which is a good point. And maybe there's a whole business idea right here in front of us. You just read the tweets that other people have written, and then I react. Written? I like how you said that. that written? Really, really I not stiff at all. I wanted to be clear. <laughs> yeah, because if you said written, no one would know what you meant. You're just, My you God. Just woke up, you just woke up rearing to go today. <laughs> <laughs> so back to t- Oreo Twitter. So yeah, it made me want to look at the Oreo Twitter stuff again. And there was, um, so I just took a quick look today. And to see if they were still pumping out the funny. And, you know, it's a little inconsistent in fairness to, to everyone in the world. But here's two of the most recent Oreo tweets. Oh, I'm worried that they're not very good. Number one, quote, Oreo Cakesters, can you explain the gap in your resume? End quote. 
dot, 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 on shelves now, though. <laughs> like, the gangsters, like, I mean, I can't really explain why I wasn't working before, but I'm out now. <laughs> That's funny to me. Yeah. Here's the other one. Um, new and different tweet. Oreo cookies did the whole no one colon and then no words. Yeah. Any kind of classic. And then they wrote us vote at Oreo in March Madness. <laughs> you go, Oreo. I think you're a delight. You're a delight and you bring value to the internet space. Man, form tweets make me angry. They just do. Form tweets? Yeah, they're like, for example, the no one oh, thing, like yeah, just yeah. using that form. For some reason, that just gets me. It just gets me all angry. I just really? want to crush Oreo down to the smithereens, delicious little chocolatey, creamy smithereens. I mean, you're going to find the brand Twitter is going to do that form stuff more yeah. than anybody. Right? I am sure they are. So, They're trying to, to find the stuff that, that hits all the people in, in some way that, that they relate to. And now, that's the type of shit that works. I don't want to go down a whole you Twitter don't? brand. You don't? Here. Are you sure you don't? Because I feel like this is... Your goal in life you is re- to do this. <laughs> do you remember how many followers the Oreo Twitter feed has? I, it's something around a million. It is almost a million. Yeah. That's right. So one of the recommended feeds was Twizzlers. Great. Now we're going Any to... Any idea? How many <laughs> <laughs> Let's take a look and see if we can find out how many followers Twizzlers has. Uh, 97,000. <laughs> I don't know why I do this. It's funny to me. 57,000. They've got to be upset about it, right? <laughs> yeah, they're, they're, somebody's up all night just like, I'm going to oh. lose my job. I'm going to lose my Twizzler job. Oh, oh my. no. My Twizzler job's going away. Well, I'll tell you what. It's looking through their feed. I can understand why they don't have so many. I mean... Oh, yeah, they have a lot of racist stuff on there. A lot of racist stuff. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Not just, you know, the typical brand Twitter amount of racist stuff. Like a... Like your Butterfinger or your Jolly Rancher right. will have. That's just the typical racist stuff yeah. on those ones. <laughs> anyway, that's all. We're just going to do a quick little, quick little dive into that pool. We're going to get right out and dry ourselves off and get right back to whatever else we're going to do because that was it for that. Okay. Good. Got anything else for me? <laughs> do I have anything else for you? I have to recover from, from <laughs> Hurricane what? Jonathan. You came in. You, you <laughs> Hurricane Jonathan, that was, that's me at like a two out of 10. No, it's not. I've been around you All a right, lot. That, what do you think? What's the number? Don't over. As far it. as podcasting is concerned, that's like a seven or an eight. What about real life? It's probably a six or a seven in real life. Wow. You do get overexcited sometimes. You think I get more excited in real life than I do on the podcast? That's interesting. I would well, guess it was the, the very opposite. peak of your excitement in real life mm. is, is more extreme. In the Are you pod- thinking of anything in particular when you say no, that? No, just remembering like hanging out and watching sports with people uh, and you getting in fights about sports and stuff. I get pretty emotional. <laughs> yeah. I still remember when the Patriots made that big comeback and I had to announce to everyone that Tom Brady was the greatest player of all time and it was important that everyone heard me say it. I remember that. Anyway, but who cares? We're moving on. We're moving into the rest of the opening, which has been planned out. Oh, There's yeah. An outline. Everything is always outlined, yeah. as we've said so, before. And a lot of you don't believe us. It's weird. That it's like you don't want to give us credit for the hours of work we do for each one minute of podcast. You know what it is? It's insulting because they're saying we're not going to have actors to pull off this improvisational seeming you know, nature yeah. of this show. When I mean, no one could come up with this, this level of comedy off the top of their head. You guys should fucking know that. Yeah. What do you think? Idiots. <laughs> hey, speaking of the yeah. listeners. Oh, yeah, please. This is what you wanted me to bring up, because I, I brought this up to you. I've been trying to get you to bring this up, but I don't remember what it was. You know, <laughs> before, we, before we started working today, I brought up something to Jonathan that was like a genuine thought that I had in passing. It's kind of mm. a morbid thought. Oh, and, and Jonathan was like, oh, yeah. stop it. It's gold. We have to talk about this on the podcast. Right. I remember now what it is. I don't know it if it's great morbid. to talk about. Oh, talk about it on the podcast. It's pretty dark. Oh, come on. All right. So like 
we're not the most popular podcast in the world, but we have a relatively popular podcast and there've been millions and millions of hours of listening to our podcast have been done over the course. Boy, of- it sounds amazing when you say it. millions and millions of hours. Wow. I'm pretty sure that's true. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Either way, that's the case. Whether it's true or not, moving on. Well, it's almost definitely true because we have like some we have in the millions of listens on on Spotify. Yeah, not Spotify on SoundCloud, and like each podcast is almost an hour on average. No, you're right. It would have to be millions and millions. Yeah, cool. Um, Anyway, point being, this is the dark part. I was thinking, and I was like, almost certainly at this point, somebody has died. Or multiple people have died while listening to us. <laughs> somebody, like, I, my voice has been the last thing that somebody wow. has heard. And so is yours. Without, without it being on purpose. You're right. Because, like, yeah. sometimes it's a... Yeah, it wasn't, like, a, a loved one who I was, like, goodbye to you. <laughs> As you put the last thing they see is the pillow. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah not, this is different. No, I'm not talking about Jeremy, my cousin. Yeah. Who, yeah. Wait. We can cut that part out, right? Okay, good. Yeah. Yeah, you didn't like that joke? No. <laughs> I feel like we make that joke too yeah, much. Yeah, I know, but it's too easy. It's so easy. Anyway, that's back the dar- to, that's the let's darkness. get back to the listeners dying for real, though. Okay, great. So how many people would you this guess? This is so dark. Oh, come on. This isn't dark. No, I'll get you dark. Okay. The, the question two is dark. Question one isn't that dark. How many people do you think have died listening to us? Like, like, hear, like hearing while, while the podcast, act, was, while the, while podcast listening. was actively going. So they could have been like jogging, hit by a yeah. car. They could have had a heart attack. Yeah, yeah. Could have been stabbed in the eye. I don't know. Whatever. Any, any, it all counts. I'm going to guess there have been zero murders. Okay. Just based on, you know. The really? Likely. Millions of hours? Zero murders? Probably zero murders during the, maybe, I don't know. I mean, it's a lot of hours. I think the, I think the, the line is like 0.5 murders. Okay. Yeah. That's, uh, that's fair. N- more natural forms of death, yeah, I would. all other forms. I honestly, I I have I don't have actuarial tables in front of me. Oh, you don't? <laughs> no, and I don't even know. Like you'd have to get really deep into the math to actually get a number here. Um, but so why don't you just take a guess though? Like I asked three, three Thank people. You. How many people? Question number two. Oh, is this the dark one? This is, this is not. Now we're getting dark. How many people of the current listeners will die listening to us in the next two years? One hundred and fifty. That is not clearly not just natural deaths. Then, yeah. Right? Here's, here's something that's even more specific and, and even darker. Let's go down the dark, dark Let's path. Let's do it. All right. Death. This is too dark. I, maybe I should oh, do it. Oh, just do it. All right. How many listeners who have listened to Uh-oh. 10 or more podcasts oh, no. will die between the time we record this and the time it comes <laughs> out? <laughs> that wasn't dark. That was amazing. That's an amazing question. Okay. Roughly how many people listen to the podcast? How many people have listened to 10 or more podcasts, do you think? 50,000? 50,000 people? Something like that? That maybe not be right. Maybe not that many. That cannot be right. It's got to be way less than that. Come on. Um, I would guess like 7,000, 8,000? Something, something like that? Yeah. Okay. Um, they've listened to 10 or more shows? Something like that. Maybe it's 10,000. Yeah. So how many of them will basically die in the next three weeks? Yeah. Of the 10,000 people? Well, how many, how many out of just a random group of 10,000 people, which is kind of the same thing, really? Yeah. Um, it is, except we probably trend towards like younger. Yes. Like we're not going to include all of the people who are the most likely to die. The youngest and the healthiest, and probably the best looking, is probably where we yeah, trend yeah. towards. I would. That's that's what I tell. Good looking people don't really die. Yeah, and they also listen really like what we have to say. Yeah, they listen to everything we have to say, and then yeah. they say it, except they say it in like a really good looking way, <laughs> which you know is awesome. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, so how many people out of ten thousand would die in the next three weeks? Anyway, uh, I'm sure we could figure that out. The answer is probably like, is it even one? It's probably yes. one. Yes, absolutely. It's, it's definitely one. Yeah. Is it? It can't be five. That's way too many. Probably not, especially if we're like averaging an age of something like 30. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So so one person you think is going to be dead? But uh, for one person who right now, as we record this, alive, 
things are going thinks great gonna, in their lives. Thinks they're going to listen to this podcast. <laughs> they're finally in love for the first time. <laughs> <laughs> they miss Valentine's Day, but damn it, next year they're going to really do, you know, lay out. Wow. They're going to do it right. Is this know? the darkest thing we've ever done? <laughs> it can't be. No. Come on. We've done so many dark things. But it's, but it's about the listeners. It's about the people yeah. hearing it. And it's about kind of someone is probably going to die. <laughs> All right. What are the chances that one of the poker guys is dead between oh. the time <laughs> that this is recorded? Okay. The- important to say. No one's allowed to kill us right. for this. Now, obviously, the person who's hearing this is you and me. I Actually, guess. so, so people to... are allowed to kill. I'm not going to kill you, and you're not going to kill me. Okay, we'll make that enough. agreement. The rando, rando people could kill us who don't know about this. Yeah, of course. If anyone knows about this, they're not allowed to kill us. I um, mean, we have a pretty good chance of making it. Yeah. But there's a chance that one of us is dead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's yeah. A, but it's, not, I mean, it's just whatever the normal chance yeah. someone our age would be dead yeah. right? in rel- of relative health. There's nothing else going. Like, if we were doing anything that was kind of dangerous, maybe that would be more. Maybe if we challenge the listeners to kill us by the time the thing come out, which is interesting because they wouldn't have heard it. But still, maybe one of them is like psychic or gets an inkling in some way and kills us. That would be interesting to see. If, like, some people might think by challenging them, even without putting the, <laughs> putting the podcast out, would change the percentages. Some people would think that, right? Luckily, I don't think that. You know, the kinds of people who think that are the people who want to wash every 10 hands, though, right? Yes, they, yes, they do. Right. Um, which I don't think is that makes up a huge percentage of our listening audience. But some of them. Yeah, for sure. If you're part of the listening audience and you ask for a wash, please stop. Like a yeah. wash does nothing for you unless the dealer is truly terrible at shuffling. Then, right. Then maybe that makes sense. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. But then if the dealer is truly terrible at shuffling, you should talk to the floor and get a different dealer. Yeah. Because you can't have them wash every hand. Right. Um, okay. So we talked about the listeners dying. Yeah. We talked about us dying. Yeah, that's great. Um, well, who's the never... most beloved person on the world? Let's talk about that person dying okay. now. Who is that? I mean, the, the common answer these days is Tom Hanks. Is he still? Is it still Tom Hanks? Who, who, who could it be if it's not Tom Hanks? Most beloved. It's hard to find people who... who uh, oh, oh, it's, uh, is it Zelensky, the Ukrainian president? Could well, be. no, because there's a lot of people who really, really don't like him, too. There aren't that many people who really don't like him compared yeah. to the amount of people who like him. That's true at this point. I would guess right now he actually is probably the most beloved person. That may world. be true. Okay, so let's do him. But, but I'm, I was thinking... How like, like is he going to die is also a little different. That's a little different, They're at yeah. war. Yeah. yeah, you probably shouldn't even go down that path. Okay, fair enough. Um, and also, I was talking about universally beloved. And there's like a clear subset of, of humanity that hates Zelensky, right? I mean, there's some subset of humanity who also hates Tom Hanks. But it's not as clear. I don't know what that means. Like, who, who are these people? We know exactly who the people are who yes, hate Zelensky. That's true. That's true. Um, Again, we're not going to go... Let's not do the Zelensky thing anymore. Because also, can you imagine how awful it would be if by the time this comes out, he is actually dead? And you know what? There's a, there's reasonable, a reasonable chance of Yeah. That, so let's right? not go down oh, that path. Okay. Way to go, Levy. Now I feel... Now I, I see, feel you, less See, great. this is what happened. You embraced the darkness too much, and yeah. you ended up going too dark. It's what happens. It's, it's basically what happened to Darth Vader is what happened to me. He didn't mean to go that deep. It just sort of went that way. It was because of all of those boring council meetings, and he's like, I can't do this anymore. I'm just going to cut off uh, Samuel Jackson's arm and uh, yell a lot. You know, it'll be yeah. fine. You know what I love about Star Wars? How, how the original trilogy was about, like, space cowboys, basically, mm. and, like, all these adventures in space. And then the next trilogy that came out was about, like, the Senate, and they're deliberating about bureaucratic measures. I loved the bureaucratic measures. There was a fair amount of... I mean, the first one opens... The the first of the prequels opens on a tax disagreement. (laughs) (laughs) That is literally what they're upset about. And it's a blockade. They're not even at war. It's just a blockade. It's very weird. Yeah. It's a very weird thing that, like, I think a lot of people couldn't relate to, didn't really understand why. And then they do a whole thing about, you know what Palpatine slowly taking over the Senate and yeah. getting control. And it's not well done, of course. It's of very, course. very badly written. And it's not compelling. It's, it's a, it's, you know, we got awful. this, this trilogy here. It's probably the most beloved trilogy in movie history. Everybody loves it. 
And it was done in this way, and I feel like there was something missing. What was missing? Probably a lot of political debate that, yeah. that focused on the minutia of different things. Look, I got to tell you, if they could have nailed some of the other stuff, we wouldn't care, yeah. really, right? We'd be like, okay, it was a little bit of a weird thing, but so what? Like, you know, I really believed the whole Darth Vader. Tra- if they did the Darth Vader transformation right, then the, the prequels would have been a huge success. I mean, I don't mean financially they were anyway, but I mean from an artistic point of view and a creative point of view. And instead... They essentially just punted on it. They yeah. like they showed us stuff that didn't have any backing to it, really. Like, why does he? Why does he do the things that he does? Why I can't really tell you, really. Mm-hmm. You know, like I understand what they say the reasons are, but I don't really believe those reasons. By the way, no one in the world believes Hayden Christensen and Natalie Portman had any level of attraction to each other. No, that was the the most wooden interaction I've ever seen. By the way, what the fuck were they even thinking? In the first one, she's still normal Natalie Portman age, and he's like an eight-year-old. <laughs> yeah. And the next movie, they're having sex. That's fucking crazy. <laughs> Why would you do that? Yeah, it was not well done. We can agree on That's that. That's a really bad... She's... I mean, wh- what would you say about that to anyone in the world? If You would never be friends with a person like that, right? No. She's one of the heroes. It's bananas that they did that. That's really, really way not cool, and it's crazy that no one ever really talks about that, because that's... Some, a lot of people, I think, would be very upset about that if they let themselves think about it, you know? No one does because, you know, Star Wars. Yeah. Now that, now that enough time has passed, maybe the wound isn't as fresh, what do you dislike more in Star Wars, the prequel trilogy or episode nine? Oh, well done. I thought you were going to say the whole sequel trilogy. I'm like, it's not close, bro. But, okay, episode nine or the entire... I think I'm still going to go prequel trilogy. Um, episode nine is beautiful. Yeah. Uh it's hard to say much more about it than it's beautiful, though, man. It's pretty bad. Yeah. It's pretty bad. I, I have not been able to bring myself to watch it again yet. I will eventually hate watch it. <laughs> I'm looking forward to, to doing a hate watch at some point. Um, also, I, I really dislike how it went so hard against the second one, often for no really good reason, except to be like, fuck you. It was out of Hollywood spite. Yeah, yeah. Like, also, making a trilogy with no plans for the second and third movie, really, like they didn't outline the whole thing that they were then had to follow, yeah, is didn't, pretty bananas. Didn't they watch Lost? Don't they know you have to have a plan? Well, guess who was behind Lost? Yeah. J.J. Abrams. He did the first and third movies. Yeah, but it wasn't his fault this time. Well, I mean, to some degree it was, right? He made the thir- first and third movies. They didn't have, an, but he didn't have a plan. But he wasn't like sh- show running the movies, right? Okay. He, wa- he wasn't like in that's charge true. of being the master planner. He was not. No, that's true. That's true. But you would think when he was making the first one that they would be, they should have been all on top. And even he could say, hey, guys, we did this once with Lost. Like, people really fucking hated it. All we have to do is know where we're going. Yeah. I believe he thought he knew where he was going, though, when he was making that movie. Yeah. And then they gave Ryan Johnson the second one. I like what Ryan Johnson did with a lot of the second one. But I know, I understand people being upset because he went very much against a lot of the stuff J.J. Abrams started out. And then J.J. Abrams did it right back to him, which then made it look like we're watching. I'm like a kid. I'm watching my parents get divorced. Like, what the fuck is going on? They did a lot of damage to that brand. Yeah. So much so that we're going to talk about poker now. <laughs> yeah. We're tired of talking about it, so we're going to talk about poker. Yeah. All right. You bastards. Speaking of poker, Wesley Cannon is our solver on this one. He Good. is going to solve this hand using Pio. Um, we're going to talk about that after our analysis. We have not seen that yet. He's also going to post it on Discord if you want to see his full write-up. There's a Discord link in the description. We have a lot of fun there. That's where this hand was suggested by Ronnie. Ronnie! Good job, Ronnie. Shy Ronnie. Yeah, Shy Ronnie. Yeah. Speaking of Natalie Portman, another good thing that involves... Was she in that? Because Rihanna was in the original. No, no. She's not in Shy Ronnie, but it's uh, an Andy Samberg thing, right? Yes. Oh, So I'm thinking of 
you know, the yeah. Natalie Raps yep. thing, which is excellent. There's two of them, and they're both good. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You told me there was a second one. Watch I the second it. one. Okay. It's not as good as the first one. It's still really good. Yeah. Anyway. First one is a classic. Yes. Obviously. Yes. If you want to suggest a hand, Discord's a great place to do it. You could also do it on Twitter if you prefer. But, you know, we'd like to see you on Discord. I'm fine on Twitter. You guys live your lives. You live in your own social media. I didn't say anything. I said, customized. I said it was fine if you wanted to do it on Twitter. But then you said what you preferred, and you know it was distasteful. Because some people are Twitter heads, bro. Yeah, I'm the one who said distasteful things on this podcast. <laughs> You're the one who was like, which of our listeners is going to die? You're the one who wanted me to say that on the show. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but you did say it. Yeah. It's not my problem. Mm-hmm. I'm just the guy pointing, and you're the guy shooting. Yeah, you know? you're the one who said the things with the consequences for later. Anyway. I don't even... Yeah. Yeah. But you got into that. You loved it. <laughs> All right. Come on. You own the go. darkness. It's fine. You can have the darkness. Yeah. All right. Um, so, yeah. Those are things you can do on Discord. It's a $10,000 buy-in. It's it is. 2021 US Poker Open. Yep. Must not have been too many players, because first place, as we mentioned earlier, is 217K. There were not too many players. There were uh, 99 entries. Okay. The total prize pool of 990000 Wow. Yeah, I think it was no rake because it's the U.S. Poker Open. It's on TV. Either that or it was actually like a $10,300 tournament. And they... Oh, yeah. They might, it might be like that. But I think Poker Go, when it's on Poker Go, just has no rake. Oh, really? That's okay. Yeah. Well, That's why the players, one of the reasons why it gets all the players. Makes sense. Yeah. All right. So we're down to four. Yes. What's the current payout? They have all earned $94,050. Here are the rest of the ways up since there's only three notches left. $119,000 for third, $158,400 for second, and first place is a cool $217,800. When people say cool, it usually is followed by an even number, you know? <laughs> really? Yeah, like I don't a think cool so. million. Oh, yeah, I guess that's true. I think anytime you're saying a big number, it's fine, though. A cool $1.7 billion is fine to say. I don't feel it. Yeah, but you're the guy who doesn't want to talk about our listeners dying. <laughs> yeah. Like, who's actually going to die for real? Like, which ones? Yeah. Like, naming names. <laughs> yeah, we know which ones. You know who you are, too. I mean, some of you may have a guess. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Yeah. All right, so these four remain. It's, uh, you know... The, the names are people you've heard of. You know, it's Vanessa Cade, Carrie Katz, uh, Lucky Chewy, Andrew Lichtenberger, and Aliem Sirovich. I think it's Lichtenberger. Is it? I think so. I've, okay. We can just call him Lucky Chewy. We're going to call him Lucky Chewy or Chewy. Right. Something like that. All right. It's 40K, 80K. Yeah. Carrie Katz, mm-hmm. the mogul who owns Poker Go, is on the button with Ace Queen of Spades. 2.8 million in his stack, 40K, 80K blinds. So, okay. you know, 35-ish blinds. Cool. This seems like a raise. I think we make it 180000 and don't think anything of it, right? Well, we're going to limp. Okay. So explain this to me, Jonathan. Why does Carrie Katz limp here? Okay. There's a few possible reasons, right? I'm going to cut you off and say the shortest stack is $2.4 million. Thank you. I yeah. appreciate that. Um, is he concerned about raise, raising and then feel like he has to fold to a 30-blind shove with his you ace never, You just never fold. That's what I would do. I would happily it's, call. The blinds are Ollie Msirovich and Lucky Chewy. You're never folding. Yep. You just go, call. Yeah. Oh, am I ahead or am I behind? You, Whatever. I'm ahead more than I'm behind against these guys. Like, I'm flipping a lot. That's okay, too. I'm rich as fuck, by the way. Who cares? Like, let's go. Well, he's just trying to play the hand in a different way, obviously, but why? Right. Well, okay. By limping, we give ourselves the opportunity to limp race. Yeah. With these 30 blind stacks, that's not terrible. Mm-hmm. 
Although we're almost turning our hand into a bluff by doing that. It's like it's like kind of right in the middle of yeah. value. Like, are we getting called by ace jack if we limp re-raise? I don't think so. No, it's more likely we can get called by a flip, which is not right. really an ideal scenario. We're anyway. going to fold out some of the flips. That's some of the value. Like fours, hands like that. Yeah, even yeah. sevens, I think, yeah. are probably going to fold. Nines are going to call. Yeah. I don't, eights probably call, but it's unclear. Probably mm-hmm. call. I guess eights have to call. Um, but, like, is that... I don't know. Like... Who cares? Like, I don't know why we wouldn't just raise and get it in, really, right? He's got to have a limping strategy. I assume he's limping a lot. Maybe he's seen these guys limp when there's like 25 blind stacks and 20 blind stacks, so he's just doing it. And I, I think know. I think Kerry Katz is a little bit more than a monkey see, monkey do businessman. Yeah, I mean, I he's right. made some plays that we don't agree with in the past, but he does have what, 40 million in live earnings, something like that. He's yeah. like, he's top 10. Yeah, we know that. Um, it could be that he's limping with the idea of, no, I, I just don't know. I don't really know why he's doing it. Like, this hand is good enough that we can get it all in. So who cares, right? We're just going to get it all in. Pre-flop. Yeah. So what? So we raise, and well, our, lots of good things happen. Even if we don't think it's the best player at the table, it's still our job to seek to understand. So yeah. I'm going to take a shot. Oh, good. Um, I guess I guess you touched on it. It, might, it must be a part of a larger limping strategy that includes limping the button with some frequency. Yeah, it, it just has to be. Right? Uh, what else could it be? I mean, it's pretty cool to show up with this hand once mm-hmm. you limp. That's like a nice... Maybe you can get some value in ways that you wouldn't otherwise get. Yeah, I agree. kind of cool. But, like, just raising, you're going to get pretty good value anyway, right? right. Like, you're going to get called a lot by the big blind. You've got ace-queen suited. They bluff a little bit less, but we've got more money in the pot now. Yep. Like, what's the problem? I don't know. It seems like... It seems odd to do this. But again, if he's limping a fair amount on the button, then he probably has to limp this hand too. Otherwise, it's too easy to raise him off his, his shitty limping hands. Right? Yeah. That's got to be what's going on. What else could it possibly be? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, like, I, I, I not, not so infrequently have the thought that, like, in poker in general, but we're specifically going to be talking about tournament poker here, which changes the equation a little bit. It feels like we're missing something among the, the good players by never limping. Like there's something missing mm-hmm. by not limping, but I'm, I can't really justify limping, right? Like we've sometimes talked about how we've come up with a limping strategy that we both implemented for a little while. We don't still do that. And it didn't involve that many hands. Um, yeah. But like the general thought for the past 15 years has been, you know, if you're a good player, you raise, especially in tournaments. Pretty right? much. And then we'll see a few guys who are really good players. Clearly. Yeah. Um, deviate from that. Right. And so then it makes it interesting. Phil Collins did it notably at the World Series of Poker yeah. Final Table back in the day. I know Opeshka, you, watch, you watched at your table as Opeshka De Silva did, which I think maybe even yeah. was one of the things that got us excited about the idea of having a limping strategy, right? Yeah. Also, um, before he hated us, I was at a table with Matt Berkey at the World Series of Poker, yeah. and he was doing some limping. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. And uh, also uh, Max Steinberg. Right. This so team. those are interesting thinkers, yeah. guys who are a little more out of the box, at least some of them. Yeah. Right. Um, and... You know, while I may not agree with everything everyone's doing there all the time, the fact that they're choosing to do it is interesting. And, yeah. and the fact that enough of them are choosing to do it is interesting. It is. So It is. And like, I know Negrano likes at least the idea of limping. I don't know right. how often he's really doing it, but he talks it up. I mean, I know the obvious reason, especially in tournaments when the antis come into play to raise, is like there's free yeah. money out there. It's, it's better. It increases your expected value if you could win without showdown, no matter what your hand is in No Limit Hold'em. That's just how it works. But still... It feels like maybe limping can have a place in tournament poker sometimes. I just don't really like maybe the type of thing is the limping strategy that we came up with, which we tried to make like balanced and difficult to to figure out. You know, I maybe. just don't know why you're not trying to take, as you're saying, the 200,000 that's just sitting there. Right. Like it's just sitting there. They're just going to let you have it a lot. What's the problem? And we have a hand this time. This isn't always going to be the case, of course. 
Maybe maybe Katz was opening a lot on the button and just getting it shoved down his throat. But that's fine. You have ace queen. Well, we do now, but maybe he then went to a limping strategy to try and stop that. Ah, so and then now he he's stuck feels like it. he has to balance. Yeah. Otherwise, yeah. they're going to shove it down his throat. If he starts raising sometimes, it's going to be really easy. Maybe that's what was going on. With their 30 blind sacks, they were just like, fuck you, Carrie, you know, and just, and just YOLOing it in. And so. You'd have to really believe that both of his opponents are, are adjusted to the point where they're not going to shove it down his throat anymore, though, to justify limping with a hand that you can call off with easily. I agree. I agree. Um, but maybe that's, but that, that at least makes sense to me. I can understand Carrie, like, the, like, opens the button a lot with hands that he's supposed to open the button with. Gets constantly re-raised because these guys are not yeah. afraid and are doing it with the correct ranges and all. Like, Carrie just keeps folding and it sucks. And he's like, "All right, all right, all right. I'm not going to yeah. raise anymore." I, I do know that thing. feeling in tournaments yeah. where you're like, "I have king ten off on the button. Of course I am opening." And yeah. then I'm like getting three bet all the time. Like I, I had to open and then I had to fold. Yeah. And that wasn't fun. I didn't like that. You yeah. know. But of course, if you're doing this with the right ranges, you can balance this so that way you can call off enough. Yeah, that's fine. You have to tighten up your button range a little bit. Yep. If they're doing that a lot, but that's okay. You just do that. Well, I guess that maybe that arrives at the conclusion. Maybe not for this specific hand, but why you might limp on the mm. button sometimes is to, yeah. to not tighten up on the button because right. the button is a valuable place to play. You, you just, you just add a you. limping range. So it's better to limp with some hands than to not play more hands on the button. And by the way, just because Kerry's limping ace-queen here, perhaps he even has a mixed strategy. Yeah. With this, maybe he's raising some hands and limping some hands, but he still can't limp only weak hands. He's got a li- so maybe he's like limping. I'm just making this up. All the ace queen suited and raising all the ace queen offs. Yeah. Maybe so then like you know, and then he's got other things along those lines too. And so he's that way he can limp hands like nine ten off on the button and fold if he gets a big yeah. raise, but not fold when he has ace queen. Right. Know? That's that's at least reasonable. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I mean. If it allows you to play more frequently on the button, if you're, free, if you're often getting pushed off of your button, then I guess it makes some sense. Yeah. Having said that, like it's, when, when, you, when you get to use your button, one of the nice things is to have a bloated pot in position. Yeah. Like by limping, A, we're going to be three ways most of the time, not just two ways, right? The small blind's going to complete a lot yeah. more. And B, the pot is smaller. I mean, there are reasons that it's a curiosity or an anomaly yes. when you see a player who has skills limp in a tournament especially. There, there's... The reasons are all very good. They're there. They're in place. Sure. We all know sure. them. So, yeah, it's just interesting. And it makes for interesting. Like, I, I always kind of want to do it. When I see somebody limp, I'm like, I want to try doing some limping. That looks fun. Yeah. You know, I want to do it. Yeah. But, so that's what Carrie does. Carrie casts okay. the button with ace, queen of spades. Fair enough. It's got 35 blinds. Uh, small blind Ali folds. Lucky Chewy's in the big blind. He's got about the same stack, 2.75 million. So we're playing 35 blinds effective. He's got king, queen of diamonds. Is this an auto-raise, or do you sometimes check? I think we're mostly raising this, unless we know Kerry's limping with tight ranges here, but I don't know why we would think he's doing that. Yeah. It seems unlikely. I think this is a pretty clear raise. Like, Kerry's going to have a lot of dominated hands here, actually, mm-hmm. and a lot of worse hands. Some hands that he's going to fold right now, which is fine. Yeah. Um, some hands which he isn't, and then we get to play with king-queen against whatever he has. We have the initiative. We're gonna, I think this is a positive EV play to raise here okay. um, for the overall value of the hand, you know? Do you think 355, which Chewy makes it, is enough to generate fold equity against the parts of the range that you don't want to deal with anymore? That's a really, really good question. So it's four and a half blinds. Yeah. Like, is, if, if Kerry is 9-10 off, which is a hand we'd like to see folded, would he fold that? I feel like he would fold 9-10 off Yeah, for four and a half. I feel like anything even slightly better than that, though, he isn't folding. Like, like Jack-10 off? I think even Jack-10 is a call there. Jack nine suited might be a call even. I think so it's you, that close. So do you think uh, like five and a half blinds is what it should be? Um, 
Yeah, probably. I can understand where you're starting to worry about the risk reward if you're lucky Chewy now. And also, yeah. like, you make it five and a half blinds and he calls, and you're like, oh my God, there's 11 blinds in the pot, and now I only have, you know, 30. Like, geez, like, yeah. this is going to be, this is like really going to hurt me if I can't win this pot right now. It's tough to know how to size in this exact yeah. scenario. I, but I, I think four and a half is like the absolute minimum. And I think four and a half is probably not enough to get, unless he's limping a lot, to get a lot of folds. Yeah. But we still have King Queen and we may get calls from hands that we're crushing. And we're going to win a lot on the flop. It can't yep. be that bad to make it four and a half. I would probably, I would probably go a little higher because he's already elected to put a blind in, mm-hmm. and he knows he's in position. So I'd probably want to go at least five, but it's fine. That's that's my hit. What do you think? Yeah, I mostly agree with that. Cool. Now here's another curiosity that is performed by Kerry Katz. Let's go. He calls. Curious so baby. It feels like he he got exactly what he should have wanted, right? Yeah. With the the guy who's definitely capable of having a worse hand than Ace Queen. Raising to four and a half blinds that you just get to have if you shove any folds now. And you're you're now in not the best shape against his calling range, but you're in okay shape against his calling range if you shove. You're not in great shape. Yeah. Like you're flipping at best, right? He's never yeah. calling off ace jack, I don't think. No, probably not. Maybe ace jack suited, but, maybe. But a flip is not so bad if you get to win four and a half blinds a lot of the time. And really, there's actually seven blinds in the pot right, right. now. Right. Yeah. Um, so that is pretty good, the seven blinds. If you're trying to win the tournament, is it better to shove here? Or is it better to call and play a hand that's sort of surprisingly good in position against Lucky Chewy? That's a great question. I don't know the answer. Neither do I. I'm not clear. Um, probably we should do a little bit of both. Is my like this hand absolutely can comfortably call on the button, even with all the situation that's happening and the stack the pot and everything. Right? This is a good enough hand we can call with. Well, okay. Here's my now. This may be not where Kerry is coming from. Yeah. But if if Kerry could objectively assess his own skill against the table, he might mm. think he's either the worst or second worst player at the table. I mean, I would think he'd be generous to say he was the second worst, but I would think he would say that. Yeah. Um, so maybe the way to win the tournament is to shove, and mm-hmm. like the winning the seven blinds is great, but also most the of flips. the calls are flips, yeah, right? Ace king. We block ace king. So most of the calls are flips. Sure. Um, and that's fine. We'll take a flip against Lucky Chewy to have 70 blinds and be the dominating chip leader. Right. Also, it maybe it sets us up a little better for the meta game, right? Like if we can yeah. limp re-raise all in, they're not going to screw around as much, which means we can limp more on the button again. Right. Yeah. Like showing them that we have that play in us is good. Yeah. You know, and also they're going to see on the stream what it was in a half an hour. And they're like, oh shit. Like that wasn't even just like aces or ace four. Like that was ace queen, which is like, the fact he can limp with that and have that means like, yeah, like it, there's yeah. more hands he can do this to me with. And so it, it may tamp down some of their aggression pre-flop if he's limping the button, yep. which is good too. Of course, this requires an objective assessment of your own skill, which I don't know if any poker player is capable of. It's very hard to do it. Everybody overestimates their skill. Or sometimes underestimates. Some of us are very humble, Grant. Uh, you do underestimate, I think less, you more overestimate others than you underestimate yourself. Interesting. That's, That's you, fair. That's, that's what you do. Yeah. But it's th- in, a, in a way, that's the same thing. If we're, uh, if we're talking about what, where I am at on the continuum. Yes, that's true. That's fair. Yeah. Grant. Fine. Fine. Anyway. Anyway, yes. So he calls. I don't hate it, but it probably isn't the right play. I think you're right because, because he's carry cats. Right. But it's a super interesting way to play the hand, and I'm glad he's doing it. Yeah. And... Uh, I think it's fine even if he's carry cats, to be clear, with yeah. ace-queen of spades here to right. call. Like, it, we have, can't, it cannot be bad. Right? We have position in a wonderful hand. Yeah. That's nice. Yeah. And it's just one raise. And it's Lucky Chewy. He can be wide. He isn't super tight. Yeah. Great. It is great. Just like nitrogen sports. Which is graded. That's the difference. They're graded like, like a fine cheese yeah. on, your, on your Italian food. That sounds wonderful. You're like, 
Keep going. Keep bringing me that gratedness. You know that feeling when you're at a nice Italian restaurant and they're grating mm. the cheese? That's yeah. the nitrogen sports feeling. <laughs> we bottled that. Yeah. <laughs> and we put it on the internet <laughs> in bottle form. Yeah. Um, use the link in the description to sign up for nitrogen to get access to all of our cool promotions, which include our monthly tournament. It is fantastical. Yeah. When you uh, play on that, you really get the feeling of piercing the grand illusion right. that is life. It's fantastic like the third Fantastic Four movie. I'm sure the third time they're going to get it right. They, <laughs> I'm I sure. Mean, it's going to be the best of them. It By has... the way, there have been already three Fantastic Four Okay, the, fifth, the fourth one yeah, then. The fourth. I mean, we're not even including the Roger Corman one from the 70s no. or the 80s. Um, but yeah, they've been released. There's been three because they did a sequel to the one with Jessica Alba. Oh, they did? Yeah. Well, the they Mile- also did a one with Miles Teller yeah. and Michael B. Jordan, that's, right? That's the third one. Okay. But they're different. They're different. They're not the same yeah. group. But yeah, but this is going to be a new group, and it will be, it'll be the best of those, because those are all kind of awful. Right. right. This that, will be at least That's okay. what it's going to be like on Nitrogen, <laughs> <laughs> this theoretical movie. I mean, it's the fourth Fantastic Four movie. I mean, it's Fantastic Fourth. I mean, it's right there. The title's right there. You're welcome, Kevin Feige, and all of Disney. Yeah. Is that actually in development? You would know. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it is. Okay. <laughs> Not a surprise. No, they, they got the X-Men and the Fantastic Four from uh, Fox when they bought Fox. Mm. And so those, both those things are in development. And all of this is related to nitrogen. <laughs> right. Because as usual, I forget we're doing the ad. In the yeah. The ad. Monthly tournament, that's good stuff. Other promotions, that's good stuff. Mm. Bitcoin only. They don't fuck around with your money. 90 minutes or less. It's yours if you want it. Easy to sign up. Just a username and a password. Sports betting, casino games. Poker. Get in there. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I was waiting for the third rhyme. Um, do another rhyme. Go, go cut your hair. Double dare. You, know, you did a bad job. <laughs> right? D- cut your hair? That's pretty bad. You did a bad job. Double dare? That totally makes sense. <laughs> no, it doesn't. <laughs> Compared to yours, it Anyway, does. we've bottled yeah. the Italian restaurant grating of cheese situation. We've put it on the internet, and now it's yours to take. Use the link in the description. It's nitrogen sports. It's nitrogen sports, and it's it's all it's all yours. Yeah, cheese. Enjoy it. Mm. I want to eat Italian food. Italian food uh, is wonderful. Yeah, it is. All right, eight hundred and thirty k in the pot. Yes, after the preflop action. Good. Where there was a limp from Carrie Katz with Ace Queen of Spades. He just called Lucky Chewy with King Queen of Diamonds. Great. Flop is Deuce of Clubs, Four of Clubs, Eight of Clubs. Talk about a cooler. Oh uh, no! Maybe at the other table because nobody's got anything <laughs> oh. on. Oh. <laughs> Hell yeah. Yeah, that's good. All right. If you're lucky, Chewy, do you continue here? This is a crappy spot already. I think we do continue. Um, our opponent should have a lot of hands that do not have a club in them and are folding, right? Like a lot of folds. Yeah. Now, we don't have to continue very big because I would think a hand like I'm just making this up. Ace, queen of spades. Well, ace, queen of spades, maybe. I was going to say like a jack, ten of hearts, yeah. whatever. We don't have to bet very much to get those hands to fold. Like, what are they doing? Like, when we have, we can have King Jack with the King of Clubs. They can have Queen Ten suited. And like, what are they supposed to do? They just have to fold, right? Yeah, I think I think maybe you infected Lucky Chewy's brain in the past when he played this hand, and he might have taken it a little bit too far. Yeah, because he bets ninety k into eight hundred and thirty. He's going for the hyper annoying. I've had these happen to me. These super annoying tiny bets where you're like, ah, can I even call with most of my hands here? Like, I mean, it's so annoying. Is Carrie Cats? Gonna fold Jack Ten no. of Hearts? Oh, for ninety k, probably not. Probably not. So he's folding basically no hands. If he's not gonna fold Jack Ten of Hearts, I don't know what he's folding. Because he either has two overs or he's got a gut shot at a minimum. I guess he could have uh, ace high gut shot, like five six or. Oh, six, I see seven. what you're saying. Right. I guess he could have like ace seven suited. Maybe. I mean, betting one blind is so tiny; it's weird. Like, 
it's it feels like I mean I will say this it feels like Chewie saying please don't fold please stick you around bet, it doesn't matter you bet ten percent of the pot I know like you're I getting know. called by everything you're getting called a lot all right seek to understand Levy what's what's Lucky Chewie doing here because I would I I agree that small sizing is in order but maybe something like two hundred and twenty k not ninety k. Um, I think he's trying to get away cheaply every time Kerry's got a raise in him, like with the ace of clubs in his hand or something. And he's trying to set it up so he has some bluffs on the turn. So he can so like he's not getting very many falls when he bets 90k. I think he's gotta know that. Right? Yeah. But so he doesn't have to bluff the turn every time, but there's a bunch of bluffs he can have on the turn, right? He might bluff clubs. Because he's got probably more ace of clubs than Kerry does by a fair amount. Well, especially if Kerry doesn't raise the 90K exactly. bet. Exactly. If he just gets called, like mostly. Yeah. Like he should be able to bet all clubs. Um, he can bet kings and queens that aren't clubs as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and he can, I don't know if he's going to continue besides that. I think he's trying to like figure out, it's almost unclear, like what am I supposed to do in this spot? I bet 90, it keeps options open. Mostly it's a keeps options open play, it feels like, as much as Like, I can keep going if I want, you know? Yeah. If I check, I'm just basically check fully. He doesn't want to give up on this relatively sizable pot. So I mean, it feels like that's, that's it. And he gets a few folds, probably. Lucky, few. Chewy, Lucky Chewy is a deep-thinking player, so I want to give him credit. I think you should. But it feels like it's just worse than betting 200K. It's just a worse play. It does seem like that to me, too. I'm not going to lie. Like, he's, that's still very small. Right? Yeah. He raised to 355. Betting right. 200K is significantly smaller. Um, I would guess that Chewie has gamed this out many times, this exact kind of a spot, yeah. and knows that 90K is a, is a good amount. But I can't give you a, a better reason than what we've come up with. I will say that. So no. I'm just guessing that because he's lucky Chewie and I'm giving him credit. Right. And, you know, something that, like, we often give these big name players credit. And I was going to bring this up and then forgot to, and it was going to be hard to. But I'm going to bring it up right now in the middle of everything. Great. Um, <laughs> so Doug Polk on his video podcast, whatever, it's doing the top 20 poker players of all yeah. time. And people like wrote in, like they did a vote thing and people wrote in. So then he was critiquing some of the, some of the vote getters and he did a segment on Tom Dwan, which I'm sure a lot of you have seen or heard about, mm-hmm. but he does really an extraordinary takedown of Tom Dwan. I would say yeah. he does it like in a minute and a half. And it is like brutal in yeah. terms of just not in terms of what kind of person Tom is, but just in terms of like where he really would have rested in the poker for a minute, not just now, but at any time. Mm-hmm. And I will say, like, we've always thought of Tom Dwan as being one of the great minds in poker and treated him as such. In fact, we were even called out on Twitter for that, uh, I believe, yesterday. I mean, by Rex. By, yeah, but, but there's something to that. I think yeah. Rex isn't that far off. Like, we always treat Tom Dwan with, with great reverence. Yes, yeah. And seeing Doug take him down the way he did, where he's like, I think he was a loser. If you take away Gila Liberté, he was a losing player online for all those years. Like, that is intense, man. Yeah, that is intense. I don't think it's wrong. I would guess it's right. I would guess Doug isn't saying that without it being true. I don't know. I haven't looked. Um, but if it's even close to true, that really changes, like, maybe, so, maybe it should change our perceptions of Tom Dwan to some degree. Yeah. So I'm just saying, like, we have a, per- we have a perception of luck or- Lucky Chewy. This all does relate. Yeah. Um, maybe... These things are all colored by, you know, a lot of stuff that isn't reasonable or fair. It seems like Lucky Chewy is a deep thinker. Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. I know he's been very successful. But I don't know. I'm, I want to at least call it into question a little bit because it's a weird bet. I don't, by the way, I'm sure Lucky Chewy could easily outline exactly why he did this. Yeah. And, be, and we'd be like, great. Yeah. I really do believe that. But I'm aware that we, we give credit sometimes maybe more than we should to these guys. Certainly. We've been called out for that in the past. And even Doug calling out Tom like that made me think like, Jeez, 
I don't well, know. I mean, Maybe we've been a little too generous with Tom. We don't have like the numbers in front of us all the time to know exactly how winning these players are, and we have our perceptions of what we think. That's all we. That's mostly going on, right? Is yeah. Perce- and obviously, Tom is a good player and is a thinking player, and all those things, of course. Right? Yeah. It isn't that? But you know, if he was ultimately like just a pretty good player, but we've sort of thought of him as one of the greats, like that, I don't know. That that's interesting. Uh, that's just Doug Polk saying that stuff. We don't know for sure that it's all true. Well, it's Doug Polk and then Kane Callis, who was right there, yeah. completely agreed with him. Mm. Oh, I wouldn't say completely. Almost completely agreed with him. Um, and, I mean, if Doug is right about the Gila Liberté thing alone... Yeah, that's true. That kind of is enough evidence for me. Right. Anyway, let's not get... I don't want to... I don't mean to go down that path. It just, just reminded me of that. Yeah. Giving credit. Yeah. I mean, it feels like 200K is a better bet. It just does. It does. And so. I think 200K would have probably gotten Kerry Castafold a superior hand here. Yeah. But it does not... 90K doesn't do the job. A superior hand like ace-queen suit. That's what I mean. Yeah. yeah. Ace-queen of spades is going to call 90K, and I can't blame Kerry for that. I can't either. It seems like the only thing to do, right? Like, raising feels out of the question, because, you know... Super weird. Yeah, I mean, that's a nice thing for Chewy, is that he's probably not going to get bluffed too often yeah. on this type of board. So maybe he thinks, like, if he checks, Kerry might bluff him a lot, yeah. and he's going to have to fold. If he bets really tiny, he gets to see the turn basically for free. Yeah, maybe that's it. And um, and then he gets to do whatever he wants, and he can. And if he doesn't get raised, he can actually bet a lot of club turns. Yeah, I guess that's not terrible. I actually don't hate it for one blind. Yeah, seems like a good deal. Okay, there we go. Fine, we did it. We're good. We got there. Yeah, but of course the down the downside is now that the one pip better hand is still calling when yeah it wouldn't have otherwise been calling probably yeah, which is too bad. Yep. Um, pots one million now one point oh one million. Okay. Use of clubs four of clubs eight of clubs. Lucky Chewy as the aggressor has king queen of diamonds. Carry cats has ace queen of spades. The turn is the six of diamonds, which this is a problem with Chewy's bet is that he has no idea how to range carry at this point. Well, I mean, carry either has a pair, a medium club. I guess he can just have overs. Yeah. And he can also have things that interact with the sport because he limped. Yeah. Like, boy, carry could be all over the place. Right. So the six feels like something that hits him a lot if he didn't already have a pair. Like right. He could, have, shots he could have a pair out. or a straight or two pair now. Yeah. Um, usually not a flush. Usually you'll probably hear from a flush on the flop. Usually. Usually. Um, yeah, this is not a great card for us, I think, as Lucky Chewy. Right. Right. Like, so we, if we, we got a big card. If we got a Broadway card, including an ace, I think we're betting that yep. mostly, right? Um, but this is not one of those cards. So L- Lucky Chewy checks. Yep. He, he agrees with you. Good. Is this a spot for Kerry to take a shot? Just deny all the equity. I mean, I don't think you're ever holding out a better hand. Never. In this, like, maybe ace-king suited, you can fold out. Maybe. Ace-king with any club, of course, you could never fold out. Um but beyond ace-king with no club, I don't think you're ever folding out a pair of any type when the action has been like this, unless you bet really big. Yeah, I mean, pocket threes aren't going to fold unless you bet really, really yeah. big. I kind of want to bet. I do want to deny equity. I mean, ace-queen, maybe we don't have to... Like, what equity are we denying if we're not folding out any pairs, though? We're literally only denying equity to ace-king. I mean, yes, we're denying equity to lots of things, but we're ahead of almost all those things, right? Right, Except for right, but that's fine. Yeah. Like, the pot is pretty big, yeah. and we're happy just to, like, not have the random card beat us on the river. Right. Like, we could bet... Against those hands, we should be able to get away with a relatively small bet, like 350K at most. Yep. Those things are all true. The only thing I can say... As a good reason not to bet, well, there's a few reasons, of course, but one of the things that strikes me is if we decided to, to limp call this hand preflop, one of the reasons why may have been we're trying to win a big pot against Chewy with an underrepped hand. Yeah, right? but it's, we didn't get a flop that allowed us I to know. really be trappy. This isn't I'm a trappy tra- I'm situation. Trying to, I'm trying to work it here. Okay. Um, and the pot isn't that big. So, like, maybe we can just check it down and win sometimes. Yeah, I don't, I don't really buy it either. I, would, I, would def- I think I'd be betting as carry a lot here. Just as pure equity denial. Yeah. Yeah. And if he calls, 
almost always an ace or a queen is good anyway if we hit it. Almost so like, always, yeah. And we just check it back. We don't have to make a big bet here. Like you're saying, we can bet 300K or something, right? Yeah. I think I like that play best for carry. Me too. Even though it does feel game three disastery, that's fine if it's equity denial that you're seeking. Yeah. The board is not pretty for us anyway. Who yeah. cares? Yeah. But carry checks back. So I guess this whole hand has been him just trying to let Chewy drive the bus. Yeah. Or, he's, or he just doesn't want to play a big pot, maybe. Mm-hmm. I don't know. More, maybe it's both those things. Yep. All right. So this, this becomes tough for Lucky Chewy. The river is the jack of hearts. And what's tough about it is, like, how the hell do you put carry cats on a range at this point? Like, you have some things you can remove from his range, but yeah. the, you, you have no idea if the jack can hit him or not. Well, I think we can actually remove some stuff from his range, and the jack doesn't hit him that often, I would argue. Like, I mean, if we think he's calling with jack 10 and jack 9 on the flop, it could absolutely hit. He's usually betting those on the turn, though, isn't he? Like, that's the whole point is, like, he's either got a made hand or he's bluffing a lot of the turn. He, p- he picked ace-queen, which is like... Yeah. Just, was, I think well, I don't, know, I don't know if I agree with that. When you okay. bet 90K, Kerry could just be calling to see if he hits an overcard. Right, but then when we check, you don't think he's going to like take a lot of shots? He didn't take a shot with ace-queen. He is ace-queen. It's a lot different than jack-10. I guess so. I guess so. Like, wildly different. I don't think that there's that... I think the jack-of-clubs, he, he, it hits the jack-of-clubs, and it, maybe it hits ace-jack. Yeah. I don't know that it hits almost anything else. Maybe jack-8 suited, sure. Um, I don't think it hits that much. Okay. I'm making that argument. All right. I'm not sure. I'm not convinced that Kerry would actually be betting all of these hands that you think he's betting on the turn. Huh. But you wanted to bet ace-queen to deny it. I want him to. Right. But it's different than him doing it. Right. But Kerry could talk himself into ace-queen might be good. And in fact, it is, right? Yeah. But like, Jack 10's kind of never good, right? It's less likely that he would check back Jack 10, but I still think it's possible. He's like, I'm taking a 90K shot to see if I hit an overcard. Got it. Okay, that's possible that sometimes he might check back yeah. there. That's fair. But I think it's pretty, it's pretty unlikely. Yes. I would think his king highs and worse are just going to be betting a lot when we check, I would think, because he's worried about because he thinks he can win the pot. I typically agree with you, but Kerry Katz has surprised us in passive ways yeah. in the past lots of, lots of times, in fact. So I'm not sure if I buy that, that the jack doesn't hit him that often. I, I'm not saying it never hits him, but I'm saying I don't think it hits him much. But okay. Maybe not. Either way... One of the byproducts of the 90K bet is that it is more difficult to, to understand where Kerry is on the board. Yes. You know, like what, what his range is constituted of. I strongly agree with that. So ultimately, it comes down to the question of, should we bluff here as, as Lucky Chewy now that we're here? Did the jack hit enough of Kerry's range? Has Kerry's, have Kerry's actions shown us that he'll fold to a bet at this point? Mm. And can we rep anything? Okay. Kerry has not shown any real strength. No. Um, we can absolutely rep a jack here ourselves. We yes. have all the jacks. Yes, right? we have all the all jacks. All the good jacks, we have them. Queen jack plus, we probably have. We would bet that. Maybe even jack 10 suited ourselves. Maybe. Maybe. Um, but I think we'd bet all the jacks mm-hmm. on the river, right? Um, unless we're going to induce, but Kerry doesn't seem interested in bluffing because right. it went check, check. So I think we're going to have to bet for value um, with our jacks. So we can have all the jacks. He can have a few of them, sure, but we have more jacks for sure by a lot. How deep does the value go for Chewy? Because I think we can cut off a lot of the top end stuff. Like flushes are not that common for Chewy as played, right? Sets sets are not that common as played. Overpair is not even that common as played. Yep. Um, Although possible. I guess overpairs are possible. He could check. Yeah. Yeah. He could decide to check something. Yeah. So I guess maybe overpairs are are common enough. Um, What about hands like ace eight? Could he bet that for value on the river? He could bet small-ish for value on the river. Now he's trying to get value out of like, the the one like the gut shots that that made a pair yeah stuff like that pocket fives yeah trying to get value out of those he got a bit pretty small the talk to, or at least po- maybe you have to bet polarizing but boy now you could really 
put yourself in the blender there and get called only by better hands if you're not careful, right? Yeah. It's tough to success. I might, it's tough. Ace eight, I might decide to check and bluff catch with. That's an easy bluff catch hand. What about nines, tens? I think we should bet nines or tens. Yeah. I think if we can bet a jack, we can bet nines. Right? Okay. So ace eight is basically the same thing, I guess, as nines, isn't it? So Except that we, block we, we block the eight, which is a problem. Yeah. But still, it's probably, I guess, I guess if we're going to bet nines, I kind of want to bet ace eight too. All right. So basically, what we've come to, it seems like, as far as representation, is that Chewy can rep hands that make sense for value. You mm-hmm. just can't really rep the top end value. Right. So it's fine to bet. You just have to recognize that, like, if Kerry sniffs that out, he might raise with some some hands because he's like, eh, you don't ha- really have that many flushes. I guess Kerry doesn't have that many either. But neither guy seems to have very many flushes. Here. But neither guy seems to have very many strong hands. They went 90K, call, check, check, yeah. right? So based on the representation issue, do you think it's a good idea to bet as Chewy as a bluff? I think so. We have king, queen. We're usually losing. We can rep a hand that's usually winning. It's a tournament with four players left. Carrie, you know, Carrie's probably going to be a little tighter, you know, calling a bigger bet on the river, you know, like he doesn't want to like change his stack situation. Mm-hmm. I feel like we're supposed to bluff this. What do you think? Based on representation, I think we are. What about based on Carrie's range? When you say represent, you mean what we can represent? Yeah. Okay. Based on Carrie's range. I think Carrie often has a pair. He doesn't now, but I think he often does. Yeah. Um, can we get a small pair to fold? Yeah, that's the big question. I think we probably can. Yeah, I mean... I think we should be successful. Like, pocket fives should not like this. Right. It's like, we have nines, tens, we have a jack sometimes, we have over pairs sometimes. Those all make sense. Yeah. Unless Kerry wants to get real frisky and turn those into bluffs because he's like, well, you don't really have nutted hands too often as, as played, so I'm just going to get you off of your medium value. Does he do that? I don't think he often does. I don't so. think so. I don't think we should worry about that. If he has a bluff, great. By the way, perfect timing for us. We have king high anyway. You yep. know, like, boy, please bluff me. If you're ever going to bluff, don't call. Raise or fold, motherfucker. Yeah. You know? All right. So I think, I think we're on board with bluffing as Chewy. I like it. That's what he does. He goes 445 into 1 million, so almost half pot. I like yeah. that. That's like chunky enough. It's five and a half blinds. Like Kerry calls and loses. He's hurting. Yeah. And it also is like, I'm not betting that much that I've now narrowed my range to the point that it doesn't make sense for me to have a jack or tens or nines. I still could be betting queen jack here for value. Absolutely. Yeah. And uh, like Kerry calls and loses. He's given up almost a third of his stack. Yep. Like in his hand. Like he meant, he's going to be tight on the river, I think. Well, should he be tight? Should he fold well, his ace queen here? Let's talk about it. Um, my initial hit is he probably should without thinking about it deeply. Like, yeah. yes. <laughs> like, yeah. We chose to check the turn. I'm assuming so we could go. We were hoping it would go check, check on the river and we would have the winner. Yeah. It did not go check, check on the river. That's a card that hits him. We block queen jack and ace jack a little. That's good. Yeah. But, you know, king jack, jack 10. Where, where does this fit in our distribution as carry cats? Mm. Good question. What are, let's start. Let's say, what are the weaker hands that we could be here with? Well, anything with a club in it is worse, right? Yes. No. We don't want to have a club in our hand, right? Depends on how you look at it. Yeah, because he did go. He bet ninety k and checked the turn. Yeah, right? he's not really repping a strong. No, you're right. A club doesn't feel like it matters based on the action. Like, if we're gonna call with all of our two over hands and all of our gut shots on the flop, yeah, then the weaker hands that we still have are like queen ten. Oh, yeah. Um, King 10. Maybe we can have queen 9 suited? Maybe, Maybe we can have queen 9 suited. And ace 10? Sure. And then what else do we have that's worse? King, queen, I guess. Yeah. Is that it? 
I don't know. Can we have Ace? Maybe we can have Ace Nine suited. Maybe we can have Ace Nine. Maybe we can have like Ace Five. Although that Jeez. feels like more of a raise on the flop if we're gonna continue. Yeah, Ace well, Five seems pretty dodgy. Also, by the way, uh, you're double gutted on the turn. It's really weird to go check yeah. check. Really weird. Yeah, this is among the worst hands we show up with. Yeah, we have so many one pair of hands here, right? Yeah. Now we do block some of the the best jacks that our opponent can have, which is among the most likely hands he'd be betting. He t- may take this line with. Right? Yeah, but he would also do it with over pairs, which we block aces. But he not does it with over pairs sometimes. But yeah. he's betting over pairs a lot in the turn when he bets ninety. Yeah, on the flop. that's like, true. Mostly, I think he's betting them. I'm not saying he has zero, but okay. he's chewy. He's going to be a little balanced for yeah. sure. But I feel like he's got some over pairs. Mostly, it's jacks and hands that are worse than jacks, which there are some of. But if it's just pocket nines, pocket tens, and the best eight. It's not that many, right? We also have an ace in our hand. We block ace eight. It's a little helpful. I mean, I don't know. It's close. My first inclination is fold. Yeah. It's ace high. I mean, if we wanted to play this differently, there were so many opportunities along the way to play this differently. Like, we're really going to call with ace high here? I think, I think it's a fold. I do think it's a fold because um, the first piece is that Chewy is doing a decent job representing medium strength value, right? Yes. So we don't have to call with a huge swath of our distribution because Chewy's story is terrible. So we, we can actually use distribution pretty easily. And, I mean, we're going to have ace-deuce suited, right? We're going to have ace-four suited. We're going to have pocket threes, pocket fives, pocket sixes, um, mm-hmm. a bunch of eights in our range, some, yeah. some jacks in our range, too, yep. and probably even a few overpairs. We're probably going to get weird with a few we overpairs. We might have pocket nines once in a while. Yeah. If we have ace-queen suited, yeah. it feels like we can have pocket nines. That's so many combos that I just mentioned. Yeah. That are... And, like the weaker hands were we struggled to figure out what they were. So I think this is a fold. Mm. I think it is too. Um, I guess if we're carry and we feel like, I guess only carry knows how often he's limp calling that raise, right? Yeah. If he's doing it with like a really wide range of hands. He's calling almost every, every time on the flop, as you pointed out, cause it's only 90 K. Right. So now he gets here to the river with a lot of hands if he's not bluffing the turn much. He's right, bluffing but the we, turn with all the crappy hands, though. But we already went through all the hands yeah. that he could have. Well, no, I was com- I'm saying maybe it's much wider even than like the stuff we were saying. What are the hands then? Name them. Like, well, when you say it like that, I will try. Let's see. We got to queen nine suited. What else can... I'm just looking at this board here for a second. Uh, five, six is a pair. I mean, nine, seven suited. It's hard. It, it, maybe there's not as much as I'm saying. Yeah. Which is your point very clearly. Um, five three suited. No, that's a straight. Uh, nine seven suited could be here, I guess. Okay, so you found four I found more four combos. Four combos. I no, did three it. three combos because you know one of them is a flush. Damn it! One of them is a flush. There's three clubs. Oh yeah, one of them is a flush. Come on! <laughs> All right, yeah, it's hard. Yeah. If he has queen nine off and then calls the raise, Ugh, queen nine off, disgusting. People limp the button with queen nine off in these spots. Like I believe Gary Katz would have folded that hand pre-flop. On the raise, against yeah. the raise. Yeah, I think you're right. I think you should, yeah. too. Um, fair enough. You should just raise it if he's going to play it. Yeah. yeah. But anyway, that's a whole other conversation. Okay, so your point is we kind of have named all the, all the yeah. hands. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. Pretty much we have. So, yeah, I think based on distribution and the fact that Chewie can rep medium value, unless we want to raise, turn our hand into a bluff. What's, what's the best um, bluff-catching hand? The best bluff-catching hand. This has got to be one of them, right? Well, no, it's the pairs, aren't they? Better? The oh, pairs? You mean ace-queen is a better bluff catcher than... I'm saying... Oh, sorry. Maybe I should ask it differently. I did not make that clear. What's the hand that we have that have the best blockers? What are the best blockers is what I'm trying the to The best ask. blockers? Yeah. Okay, so Chewie is mostly repping nines, tens, and a jack. Yeah, nines and tens, 
really might continue on the turn sometimes. Right? Yes, but they really might not too. But they're much more likely to than a jack would. Okay. I think. But does that make... Hmm, I guess we have to think about what jacks Chewie's raising preflop. Right. Is it just queen jack plus? Maybe jack 10 suited? He might, maybe jack 10 suited. Probably that's the end of it, right? Yeah. I don't think he's raising jack 9 suited. Yeah. But certainly ace jack, king jack, queen jack for sure, right? Almost always. I and mean, our, then, best, our best bluff catcher... Mm-hmm. I don't know. Nah, I, I, I waffled. Okay. It might be... I'm wondering if queen, this hand is right there. Queen eight suited. Queen eight. Huh. Okay, that's, a, that's as a bluff catcher, but in terms of as a blocker, you think, you'd rather the eight blocker than something that just blocks the jack? Mm, so you, know we you, have think, you think queen ten? But then we I'm can't. wondering if queen ten... I mean, if we think ace jack is like a guaranteed raise from Chewie, having ace queen is pretty good. And yeah. king jack is too, and king jack is. We block... But we, but we don't really want queen 10 because we probably lose to a lot of the bluffs. In fact, we do. <laughs> we lose to the king-queen. Um, right. But yeah. I'm talking about having ace-queen, yeah. which we do have, blocks queen-jack and ace-jack. Yeah. That's pretty good. Like that's, It feels like mostly Chewie's repping a jack here in my mind. Mostly. Not only, but, but a lot of what he's repping is a jack that got there. And we, we have like kind of the best block. But I think we don't block enough combos for it to matter of the jacks. Like I think distribution is more important here because I think okay. Chewie's going to raise unsuited with those hands too. Yes, he will. I so, believe that. So as a percentage of combos, we don't actually block that many. And we have still a ton of combos of better hands that we can just call with. And I think yeah. it's easier to do it that way. Yeah. We, instead of there being 12 combos of each of those, there's nine. Yeah. So we blocked six total combos, which isn't amazing. Right. That's fair. That's really fair. Yeah. This isn't like a really good blocker situation yeah. overall. You know, it's not, it's not one of those spots where you want to use it and lean on it super hard. Yeah. So, I mean, my first inclination was to fold this hand. I like your first inclination. I think I like my inclination as well. The other move we can make is decide to raise because Chewie is not really repped much. Yeah. He's repping medium strength. How often does he have a monster here? It feels very unlikely for him to have a monster. Yeah, I feel like raising might be better than calling. We're not telling a very good story. Chewie's smart enough to suss it out. There's four left in this tournament. We're all pretty short, though. Is he really going to make the call? It's I don't know. It's not easy. If he has a jack, he might because of distrib- his distribution. He has a good jack. Yeah. If he has a bad jack. All right. That makes me not want to raise, though. He's a cap- if he's capable of calling with a jack, that's he's a problem. Got, I mean, if he has ace jack, he's got to be capable of it. Yeah. Right? He's got to at least be considering it. Yeah. If he has ace jack with the ace of clubs, he. Yeah, I think I just want to. I just want to fold. Okay. Cats calls. And, yes. You know, he wins. He's correct. He gets to win. It's pretty interesting. Yeah, he nice. makes the call. So how'd this tournament end up? Well, let me tell you, Vanessa Cade finished fourth for $94,000. Carrie Katz finished third. That call did not help very much. Well, it might have helped him get third instead of fourth. Maybe, but he's richer than Bill Perkins. What does he care? He cares about his legacy. Andrew Lichtenberger. You well, if he cares what... about his legacy, he should have finished higher because he only finished third. Andrew Lichtenberger finished second for $158,400. And Ali Mshirovich just kept on keeping on. This was on the way, I believe, to his uh, GPI Player of the Year win, $217,800. You just asserted that Kerry Katz is richer than Bill Perkins. You have no idea. I really don't know. Yeah. <laughs> well, good. But who cares? Who cares? I Bill care. Bill Perkins cares. Wesley Cannon cares, and that's why he's going to use Pio and solve the hand. Good. We need it. Wesley Cannon was tasked with the fun thing of trying to figure out... I tried not to use the word task twice, okay? You did great. I said thing instead, and I, I saved you all from, from, from redundant usage of the word task, and now here we are talking about it, and it's because Jonathan looked at me like a dickhead. <laughs> You're such a victim, though, aren't you? Can't you just like stand up for yourself internally instead of externally? 
<laughs> one time? I've been completely deflated by that. Thank you. I, I, I've been playing the victim for my okay. whole life. And so has Lucky Chewy, because he was oh, victimized by Carrie Katz. But what did the solver have to say about that? All right, let's find out. Um, yeah, Wesley Cannon had to, to figure out Carrie Katz's preflop range, which is what I was referring to, mm. which is like kind of tough to do. In the spot like this where you limp the button with four remaining in a tournament, you know? Yeah, and, and when there's no one with sub-20 blinds, right? Right, and he has ace-queen, so it's like, so what, what else is in that range? I don't know. Let's, let's figure something out. Probably some good stuff and some bad stuff. So, so throughout this, uh, taken with a grain of salt, Wesley said, it was difficult to mm. construct this range. He doesn't know how accurate it is, and all of the solver outputs are very dependent on this range, so... <laughs> <laughs> so no problem. So, so don't even worry about the solver. But so let's find out what it says. I mean, he Wesley's a smart guy. He knows how to input ranges. Oh, he probably there's no reason to go giving Wesley a back <laughs> massage right now. Okay. What I'm saying is, he, if somebody's <laughs> going to construct ranges, he'd probably do a reasonable job. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. No, that's great. That's great. <laughs> you're an asshole to everybody. I'm not. I'm just. I'm attacking you right Name now. Name one person that you're not an asshole to. If I. Given enough time, I'll come up with something. Yeah, it's sure on the tip of my tongue. Animals don't count. Non-human animals oh, don't count. Oh, but human animals do listen to you right now. Human animals. Human animals absolutely count. You are the worst. What is a human animal? Joe, tell me, point to a human animal right We're now. We're all human animals, man. <laughs> Phylum and stuff. Um, anyway. Okay. We're really stretching our legs because this, this is a is Monday. A <laughs> it's a Monday, and this is not going to be a video version of this. Yeah, so, whatever. Yeah. No one cares. Yeah. <laughs> We're having a good time. All right. If they made it this far in the podcast, they like the band. So given that the range for carry was difficult to construct, this is what the solver okay. output was. Um, Lucky Chewy should bet the flop with King High and worse as a bluff. Sure. Not enough showdown value. That makes plenty of sense. Um, Wesley gave... Gave Chewy a couple of sizing options. Oh, good. It wants him to mix the sizing options. So including his tiny sizing option is fine with. Um, mm. On the tiny sizing, cats should call. I mean, how could you ever fold for 90K with ace high? You of just course. Can't. On, the, on bigger sizings, what, do we know what cats should do? What, what the sovereign wants cats to do? Uh, I, I, can, I can look at that. Thanks for putting me on the there, spot. I would love um, that to know. I would think still probably a lot of calls. It's a 248 yeah, three club. Board. I think probably, but Wesley did not touch on that okay. in, in the overall analysis. Okay, um, under the turn, which was where Chewy slowed down on the innocuous looking six of diamonds. Uh, the solver wants Lucky Chewy to bet, especially due to Katz's wide flop calling range mm. due to the small sizing. Yes, which seems to make plenty of sense. It does. So it seems like a real opportunity to win the hand. It really does seem like that. Uh, but once checked to, Kerry can check back with Ace High because I guess he's got enough showdown value. Yeah, I mean, he wins a lot, right? Yeah. He's ahead a lot. Yeah. So good job, Kerry Katz, so far. He's crushing it. Perfection. Perfection on the river. Robert Barron, perfection. Exactly. Um, it, the solver wants Chewy to give up with this hand on the river. Hmm. The jack, I suppose, hits Kerry enough that it may be a bad time to go for it. Um, oh. Chewy does not give up, so should Kerry Katz call with this incredible <laughs> ace high? Did your voice break as you said that? Chewy does not give up. Chewy does not give up. Did I? I don't, I don't know. That's what I was wondering. I don't know. I think it did. The year your voice broke. Once again. <laughs> once again, why? Why are you this way? Everyone heard it. <laughs> They're all thinking it. I'm just voicing. And what are they thinking about you? Voicing for the voiceless. What do they think about me? Yeah. Handsome guy. <laughs> <laughs> you notice how I laughed at that? <laughs> anyway, this is a quote from Wesley Cannon yeah. about Carrie Katz's call. His call is somehow not completely terrible. <laughs> oh. Yeah. But he should lean towards the fold. But the solver isn't like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kill you for calling. <laughs> it's not going to actually 
become sentient and kill carry cats for this call. I wonder if it's partially because he's blocking some of the jacks that Chewie has. Solver doesn't know about the preflop action, though, so it doesn't really know that. Yeah, I mean, but it knows what ranges Wesley put in. Oh, that's that's a fair point. So it blocks like the you know it blocks ace jack and queen jack, of yeah. course, which are two of the best jacks that might bet here and that make the most sense to play this way. But it doesn't understand. It still doesn't know the preflop. He's, he's still supposed to lean towards the fold, right? But it's not. It's not like an egregious error, you know. So. Well, we don't have a club in our hand, which is good, too. Although, since Chewie checked the turn, you'd be a little less inclined to automatically think he's got a flush draw, right? So, in the it's end, Carry Cats draw. apparently did nothing wrong, according to the solver. Although, if the solver had a mind for preflop, it might have a problem with how Carry did that part. Yeah, I would think so. And then it might also change its decision about, if it understood the preflop action... Mm-hmm it might think slightly differently about the river. And if it understood the preflop action, that's just the straw that breaks the camel's back to full solver sentience, and then it's all over. <laughs> like, there's no point of even doing anything with it, your life. Why make future plans? Like, it's it might done. Be, it, you, you make it sound like it's a bad thing. Yeah, it might you, be a good thing. The solver will solve until we're all solved. Yeah. You understand? You could use that. Use think that? About, think about how much better your life would be if everything was solved. Like? Optimally. Like GTO, unexploitable yeah. life. Like that does sound pretty good. Like a GTO skincare routine. I would never buy the wrong beans again. You know how, like, at the grocery store, if you're going to buy beans, sometimes there's like the there's like the expensive beans that nobody buys. It's right? Like, why? Why what are there? Are why doing? is there a four dollar can of beans? <laughs> who's who's doing that? I'm buying the cheapest beans possible because I think they're all beans. Yeah. But like, I think there might be a point where I don't understand <laughs> if I'm supposed to get the 89 cent can of beans or the 99 cent can of beans. Oh, like, is there a close. 10 cent? Like good reason to get the no, ten ten more cents. Never is, um, but maybe the solver would know that oh, there that's is. True. That's maybe true. it's like the ten cents is actually worth eleven and a half Boy, cents of value. You um, you really aim low with your solver. Like, oh, the world will be solved, and what I get to do is know if it's I just, should buy the eighty nine cent or the ninety nine cent. It's can just of beans. emblematic of the type of uh, thing. I don't believe you. <laughs> it's much better used for like buying fruit and produce. Is it your birthday or something? <laughs> Why? Because you, do you feel like you have license to be more of an asshole than normal? Like, what's going on? <laughs> I don't know. It's been a little while since I've seen you. I guess. <laughs> just gotta get no. it all out. <laughs> yeah, that was that was unusual. What I just did, I'll say, even for me in this show. Fun, fun solver but section. I, I did enjoy it, but I was saying fruit and, and vegetables, especially fruit. You always would buy good fruit. Is that not worth it? That's worth giving up everything for. Are you sure that Game Theory Optimal deals with fruit quality? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Never going to buy a bad mango again. <laughs> yeah, I think it would be good, man, because, oh, I hate getting bad fruit so much. It's a real thorn in my side, you know? It really sticks in my craw. <laughs> yeah, it's not fun. It sucks when, when you're at the... We're just going to keep going. Who cares? <laughs> no, who cares? Who cares? You know what really sucks is when you get apples at the store and they look pretty good. And then like the first one you bite into is kind of mealy and you're like, what have I done? I bought six apples. I know. What have I done? I know. know. And it's like, should I even bite into the other ones? I, they, this, they were with this one. They're friends of this one. They're this guy's brother. Yeah. You know? like, yeah. It's a disaster. Solver, help us with the apples. <laughs> oh, it is awful to buy mealy apples. I mean, bad fruit in general is awful, but apples, I agree, because it's such a commitment. When yeah. you buy a lot of them, you're like, oh, this is the good apple. I'm going to buy seven of them. Yeah, there's like the 12 apple days. choices, and this is the one that looked the best to me. Yeah. And guess what? I fucked up this time. <sighs> How do Solver. I look at my family? Pio, save us. <laughs> okay, that's it. We're done. Oh, okay. <laughs> 
Music is my sunlight, and all I need is one mic. And I can show every single MC how it's done right. Every time I come by, I'm bound to leave them so tired. I'm sipping on liquor, a quitter is what I'm not. We got one life, and I took a minor break, but I'm back to claim the throne. I'm gonna be traveling the globe, we still have time to make it home.